welcome to a special episode. We'll call it number five anyway, even though it's special. It's still episode number five of Throwing Bagels. Guess what, guys? Chris, Jay, it's pitchers and catchers, baby. That's what today is. That's that's what makes it so special. Great times. (laughs) So I I am uh, Kevin Mooney. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, Chris Douglas. Hi, Chris. Good day. Jay Hamo. Hey, Jay. How's it going? We are all here on this very special day. And this is like the time of year where we're like, oh, man, we're almost there, right? You can you can almost smell the grass, the fresh cut grass. And mm-hmm. I always, as a kid, I would always look forward to watching the, the nightly news where they would show footage of, of people throwing the baseball around under the Florida sunshine. And that was Really one of the best days of the year is, is to watch that footage for the first time. <laughs> yeah, it's a baseball fan's uh, baseball fan's dream. Football ends and baseball's right around the corner. Things are uh, look a little bit differently this year um, in terms of some of the rule changes, which, which we'll talk about. Um, and actually, as we record this, we recorded on a Monday. We had some breaking news earlier today where uh, MLB, surprisingly, it was a unanimous vote that the uh, competition committee decided to approve the ghost runner rule permanently. I mean, I, I guess I, I get the reason why it existed in the first place. It was during the pandemic. They wanted to give pitchers a break because uh, it was going to be a weird enough schedule as it was in, in 2020. So I, I get it. I, I am though a little surprised that they made it permanent. I love the rule change. I've got to be honest with you. I know you, I know Kevin and you, Jay, you guys are baseball purists. And I totally understand. I totally get it. Because if they did some wild crap like this in soccer, I'd be like, wait a minute. Absolutely unacceptable. But coming from a casual baseball fan, if you will, from that perspective, right? It adds a little bit more excitement. And no one wants to sit through a four-hour game. I mean, unless it's like 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 it's actually exciting. Like if there's five home runs on each side, you know, if it if it's that kind of excitement. But if it's like a zero zero pitchers duel and it's like a Wednesday night in Oakland and there's four people in the stands, I mean, no one's gonna care. Please, it's my type of game, Chris. <laughs> pitchers duel. It's my type of game right on, there. <laughs> put someone on third base too, for that matter. In that situation. Oh, you're but, killing me. I mean, for, from a, from a casual perspective, it's fine. Frankly, I listen. I, I know this is not part of the rule, uh, but can you imagine having like a like a you know a, a player just coming up? Let's say let's say it's I don't know Bryce Harper. We'll pick a player, and it's like the seventh inning, and they're down a run, and you get to pick any batter you want, like a magic at bat to bring that guy up, and like let's go get him. I mean, how great would that be? No. We're that would be horrendous. Me. That would be oh. that would be horrible, Chris. Horrible, horrible. <laughs> I I can't even imagine that. I would I might quit watching baseball if that ever happened. <laughs> I literally might quit watching baseball. This, it's like remember when you were a kid and you played in the street. We have an odd number of people, so we're gonna be a pit. We're gonna have a pinch runner. This is what basically this is. It's a pinch runner. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like it's just like a random arbitrary. Why don't we throw the guy who made the last out? onto the field and he goes get goes on stands on second base and then we're going to try to we're trying to score a run that way no no i'm sorry score a run the old-fashioned way 
<laughs> go to extra innings. I don't care what inning the game ends in. You know, it doesn't matter. Pitchers duels. Pitchers duels are the better are better baseball anyway, right? A two to one well pitched game is way better than nine eight home run filled game to me. I would take I would take a guy going seven innings on with one run on like three hits, you know, and the other guy two runs, you know, in eight innings or something like that any day over over a, a bomb fest. But isn't that what baseball wants to get away from right now, though? Because right now it's either a home run or you're striking out, right? I mean, isn't that part of the reason they're trying to kind of change things up a little bit and starting with this ghost runner, uh, I guess, is is something that, you know, maybe it'll it'll prompt teams to play a little bit differently. I mean, I, I, I see your point, Chris, where you don't want a Wednesday night game, interleague game going 18 innings and people got to work the next day. You know, it's like, I, I get it. You, you want to try to speed it up and maybe wrap things up shortly. But for me, I just feel that the, the ghost runner tilts the game toward more of a chance and more of a, you know, it increases the likelihood that the game ends just by mere chance by luck. And yes, a lot of games actually in baseball are won by luck. You get a lucky bounce here and there you get, you know, a call that doesn't go that 50, 50 call. that doesn't go your way. Sure. That, that does happen, but you're the ghost runner. You're deliberately uh, increasing the chance that, that maybe the, the, a team wins by, by luck, by pure luck. You I still mean, have to have a batter hit though. Right. I mean, that, that batter yeah. like still has to bring that run in. Yeah. But not necessarily because think about it. Right. Remember the Mets game last year where Richard Blyer, right. Three box. Right, just guys went around yeah. the bases. So you got a guy in second base. The guy starts oh, start the inning. Start the inning with a guy in second base. This guy balks twice. Right, game over. How many times has that happened in the Go history home, of people. baseball? Game over. That's it. I remember saying. that game. How ridiculous was that, by the way? Even, even, even. All right, let's take away. Let's let's make believe it. He doesn't balk twice. Okay, but he balks once, or he throws a wild pitch. Right, guy goes to third base. Now you have a guy on third base with no out. A smart manager bunts the guy over anyway and gets the guy to third base. And then you take your chances with, you know, that someone that somehow, you know, the guy scores on a sack fly or something like that after the, after, you know, at that point. But it just, like Kevin said, it, I mean, it puts the one thing it does do. And I will say, is it what it should do, but it doesn't necessarily do because a lot of the managers don't manage this way anymore. Is it puts strategy back in the game because there's not a lot of strategy in baseball anymore. Like people don't do the, do those those types of things anymore where they bunt, you know, bunt guys over. And there's very few managers that, that, that do it like that anymore, but mm-hmm. it, it takes to me, it, it, it takes the fun out of like the extra innings, you right. Like you're, you're sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for your guy to, to get on base and, and, you know, see what happens. And now you have a guy that's starting on second base. I don't remember the last time a player bunted in a major league baseball game. <laughs> Is that even still a rule? Can they still uh, do that? You're right. I mean, the fundamentals, um, I really like to see that like a good, like what Jay was alluding to before a good, you know, two to one, three to two, where there's great fundamentals. And I'm not, you know, the outfielder isn't kicking the ball around every, every other inning, you know, that, that really helps. Not yeah. Good fundies. Right. <laughs> speaking of speaking of, we should segue over to that. Keith Hernandez signing a three-year deal with SNY. Uh, yes. Good old Keith. Yep. So they'll become the longest tenured trio in Mets broadcasting history, uh, surpassing Bob Murphy, Ralph Kiner, and Lindsey Nelson. 
how lucky were we as as Met fans growing up listening to the people that we were that were doing games, guys like Ralph Kiner and Tim McCarver and Rusty Staub and Gary Cohen and Gary Thorne and Bob Murphy, Howie Rose. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And these were just great, great broadcasters. And I think as Mets fans, I think we should be blessed that we've had the, the people that we've had covering oh, these yeah. games. For sure. We've been Absolutely. spoiled. We've been completely spoiled. I mean, for our whole lives, really. Because as you said, Kevin, right? You start with, when we were when we were old enough to start watching, it was Ralph Kiner and it was Tim McCarver, right? And then slowly it migrated to Gary Thorne started doing some games. Right. You had Bob Murphy on the radio and then Gary Cohen came in, you know, and he was doing with Bob Murphy and Gary Cohen came in, you know, Bob Murphy stepped away. Right. And it just the evolution. Right. And you have Howie Rose. Right. Doing calling games on TV, then moving over to radio and Gary Cohen moves over to TV. You know, it's just like it. We're we're very spoiled as Mets fans. I, I don't believe any other fan base can say they have the types of announcers that the Mets have ever had evolution wise i mean the yankees have had some good announcers over the years too yes. you know going from you know <laughs> phil rizzuto and you know they and in the early in the way earlier days too but you know recently it's not as good but you know that's a different and story. tom uh tom siever too did did right. quite a bit of yankee right. baseball when we were younger that's it he, was, he did both yeah didn't ralph kiner have a show kiner's corner was that kiner's what, corner. what a i loved I love that show so much growing up after Mets games. And it, it, it is reminiscent the way Kiner did the games is very reminiscent of how Keith Hernandez and Ron, and Ron Darley do the games now where it's just these great stories. Yep. And, and you are, you're not being talked at, you feel like you're just sitting there with them in the stands, you know, and, and you're, you're just having a great time and watching a game. I think that's the biggest thing about baseball announcers uh, the key to, to to being a good announcer is to be able to tell stories like that. Absolutely okay. fantastic. And to boot, right? We can we can finally say the Wilpons didn't screw up another thing, <laughs> right? They as much as they had tried to screw up another thing, they didn't screw this one up. I mean, they tried. They tried really they hard. Tried. But <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, they can just sell S and Y as well and let Steve Cohen own that as well because. We can't we can't afford to have, have to go through this again. I was getting a little bit of agita getting you know getting into February with you know with Keith Hernandez still not signed. I will admit though that the way New York broadcasters do games kind of got me in trouble at Oswego uh, because because <laughs> look you're you telling know, me oh I mean, we, we grew up right we would listen to Mar- marv albert right do do hot basketball and, and ranger hockey and mike breen as well who was just another phenomenal broadcaster uh with the knicks uh and kenny albert i mean a little bit when we got older kenny albert took over the rangers yep. none of them are homers none of them no they call it they call it like it is mm-hmm. and they're not afraid to do that I got that's how I approached play by play when I did it at Oswego. And and if Oswego wasn't playing well, I I would allude to that. <laughs> ditto, my friend. Ditto. So, I got in trouble. I got in trouble multiple times. Right. So at, at the time we, we were calling games, uh, Ed, uh, George Roll was the head coach. Mm-hmm. Ed Gozik was the assistant head coach. And I, Ed, one day, uh, I think either during a practice or before a game came up to me and said, what are you doing? <laughs> so, someone was listening to the game and they heard, they heard me say that Oswego wasn't playing very well. 
I, I think I was a little, perhaps a little more um, hard. Like I didn't sugarcoat. I probably should have at least a little bit because college. And I do this now, like when I call college games, now I have to remind myself, these are kids and their parents. Yes, are listening, that's fair. Yep. And you have to be respectful. So that that's the approach I adopted after Oswego when I would do games at Cornell and things like that. That's how I see it now. But I well, I was I was twenty freaking years old. What the hell did I know? Oh, I mean, kids. right. That's exactly right. And as we go, so I learned. I learned quickly where you you do you need to uh, tone down your approach in certain circumstances, yeah. but you still need to call it like you see it. Mm-hmm. And it's not Homer. Homers make me want to barf. Uh, and they exist all over the country. In and there's some major markets though, too. There's some oh, great yeah. calls with homers, though. <laughs> Got to admit. But I, I feel like I feel like when we were doing it back in Oswego, like we weren't over the top, right? Where right. we were, where we were saying, you know, we weren't being disrespect. I didn't think we were being disrespectful, like at all. I I would have always the way I felt we did it, like we were. I thought we were very respectfully saying they weren't playing well, right? Mm-hmm. And even if you know, even if a parent was listening. I still felt like we did it to the point of being like, to, you know, they're not playing well. It's not a, it's not a knock on them. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I guess somewhat a knock, but not like, a, not a, not a knock in a bad way and knock it. They just need to pick up their game a little bit more. Right. And that was it. And that's what, that's the way I felt we did it. And obviously other people didn't feel it came across that way. They felt like we were, we, they just wanted people to, they wanted us to be more of a homer and, you know, sometimes no. it doesn't go that way. <laughs> let me ask you guys this did you guys have a favorite play-by-play announcer growing up uh, i don't think we've I talked mean, about this yeah. before I, I mean i had a bunch i mean i yeah. mentioned i mentioned earlier i think in our first episode i think i mentioned you know growing up when i want to be a broadcast when i knew i wanted to be a broadcaster uh and do play-by-play it was marv albert and yeah. Yeah. and bob murphy you know listening to bob murphy call baseball games right and listening to Marv Albert call basketball games and call Ranger games. Um, they're the, they're, they were my first, yeah. they were mm-hmm. the first people I heard. Right. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then I heard, and then, you know, Ralph Kiner was a different style of broadcasting, but the, the two that, the two that got me into it first were, were Bob Murphy and, and Marv Albert. And yeah. then, it, then it, then it, I got, you know, evolutioned a little bit more towards like, you know, current day people, but you mm-hmm. know, they were the first people I ever heard that mm-hmm. got me into it. Yeah. If not for Marv, I probably would not have even thought of Syracuse University to some uh, in, yep, same I mean, he, Marv, I think, influenced a lot of people yep. uh, to get them to go to, to Syracuse University and and rightfully so. I mean, they're a fantastic school. Um, and you you'd, you we'd sit here for days and talk about all the people that have graduated from SU and have gone on to, to do great things. <laughs> That's a two hour podcast in love itself. <laughs> exactly and and bob costas too and you know, bob, bob costas mike Tarico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. uh i mean the list goes sean mcdonough i mean there's just so many out there uh but you know for me it, it was sure it was definitely marv um and marv had because you know what his rapport like and i'm i'm digging into the archives here his rapport with sal red light messina on, mm-hmm. on Ranger mm-hmm. games, and it, it was so much fun. 
the inside jokes they would have. And, you know, you kind of felt like you were in on the joke because if you had been listening to the two of them long enough, you would know those inside jokes. And it was hilarious. Uh, so I, I remember that. Uh, I remember, you know, the way Bob Murphy and Gary Cohen would work together. Um, and, you know, really another guy that lit the fire was Howie Rose doing Rangers mm-hmm. hockey yeah. the year they won the Stanley Cup. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Because I got to tell you, Mato 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 is still uh, the number one call, call yep. that I've ever heard in my life. Um, and it was he, spur of the moment, too. He, he, yes. He says he never, he didn't plan that. He didn't plan that at all. It, I still get chills yeah. every time uh, over and over again. That was just a great call. And that really what got me thinking about, yeah. you know what? Maybe I want to do uh, play by play. Sounds like a lot of fun. And that's something I definitely, I think I want to do. And, and there I went to as we go to learn more about it. So how about you? Like, was, what, what were you? Marv Albert for sure. Like I remember just those early nineties clashes with the Knicks and the Bulls and and just the call like yeah. if there was anyone else calling that I don't know that it would have, it would have been elevated to to the status that it was elevated right I mean though those calls were just phenomenal you know mm-hmm. especially the ones where the Knicks and, and Bulls would get in the scuffles you know I'm thinking of like Scotty Pippen walking over Patrick yes. Ewing and and the the yeah. John Starks dunk like that <laughs> yes. I mean that stuff was just vintage right but it was it was Marv Albert doing those games and I mean, that, that like piqued my interest. I'm like, yeah, this is definitely something I'd like to do just because of this. I mean, it's phenomenal. Derek Harper yeah. and Jojo English battling it out. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and actually that, that, I mean, I, I know it's not in season per se, but, but I remember many a Christmas day growing up, it would be Nick's bulls sure. on the national yep. NBA and NBC and, <laughs> you know, Marv Albert would be calling those games and that, that was just a lot of fun. That that music is great. So I think isn't like college basketball, Fox, Fox yeah, college yeah. basketball is using that music now. Yeah, they took that music. Crazy. But it's funny every time I hear it. Every time I hear it, I always, I always, it just brings me right back yes. to to, yes. to NBC bringing as a kid. So yep. you know, it, it could be on Fox now, but it, it'll always take me right back to to the NBC games during you know those those big games for mm-hmm. the playoffs. Every time, you know, and, and we, we talk about those, those days, you know, the, the mid nineties, uh, Knicks and, and Rangers in the, in the finals at the same time, you're, you're maniacally going back and forth between, uh, between both games. And then you had this, this, uh, white Bronco on the screen in the lower corner, <laughs> uh, during one of the, was it Knicks game six? I think it was, I think it was game six. Yeah. I think finals. so. Uh, the that, finals. They, yeah, they also nuts. broke into uh, that was around the time that was the nineteen ninety four World Cup, as a matter of fact, yeah. as well. So I, I remember Sports Center leading <laughs> they didn't leave with the World Cup, they led with the OJ thing. And it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it was I just remember watching that and I'm like screaming at the TV, put the game back. <laughs> I know. And my mom's like, what's going on? I'm like, OJ Simpson is driving down the highway and they took the, and then they put the, and then they end up putting it on like a small little box on the corner yeah. of the TV. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm like, switch them, put the game on and put OJ in the corner. No one needs to see OJ driving down the highway. It's the Knicks Houston Rockets finals. It's game six. Yep. Starks is killing me right now. Put the game back on. <laughs> Starks. Oh God, what a rough game he had in that last game. Jesus. And then, you know, the nineties really, 
I mean, you had you had the the Knicks and Rangers in the mid '90s, and then the the, the Yankees just reeled off. Yep. Uh, you know, four straight, I believe, or three or four, four out of four five, straight. whatever. It was four straight. <laughs> they went a lot in yeah, in the late nineties. <laughs> uh, indeed. Um, and then you know, really, if you look at our recent history. Uh, yes, I think in the MLS, the New York uh, Football Club won a championship recently. Uh, but if you look at the four main sports, there's been nothing since January of 2012. That was the last time I was the Giants won the Super Bowl that year. And oh my goodness! Right? Hasn't been. Yes, there have been teams that have made it to the finals from New York. Yeah, the Rangers made the the oh the 14 13 14 Stanley Cup championship. Uh, Mets made the yep. World Series in 15. Yep. Um, but we really haven't seen. You know, there hasn't been a wave like Boston's had a wave. Yeah. Uh, you know, Philadelphia's had a wave. Even Washington had a wave. The Nats and the Capitals winning uh, in close proximity to each other. Pittsburgh. Haven't had it. Pittsburgh. Can, I mean, we, so laugh, we, can we laugh exactly. at Philly, by the way? Can we do that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> but it's been, it's it has certainly been a long time. Yankees haven't won since 09. The right. Mets haven't won since 86. Nick Rangers haven't won since 94. You know, Islanders haven't won since since 83, 83. you know, Devils haven't won since the, the early 2000s. So I mean, it's, it's a great time starting now to be a, uh, to be a New York sports fan. Right. I mean, think about this, the, this, the NFL season just concluded. Uh, thank you chiefs. Um, so the giants finished <laughs> nine, seven and one, I mean, coach of the year made the second round of the playoffs, uh, the jets, I mean, seven and 10, uh, but defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner, mm-hmm. offensive rookie of the year, and Garrett so Wilson, yeah. uh, Darrell Revis and Joe Klecko announced as inductees into the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, you're a Jet fan, you feel you're probably feeling really darn good, you know, right now looking ahead for sure. Yeah. Um, and you shift over to the NBA, the Knicks 31 and 27, they're seventh right now. So they're in the play in round as uh, as we speak. Uh, but they're only a game and a half out of that sixth spot where they can avoid the play-in. Uh, they've won four out of the last six. Josh Hart just acquired in a trade uh, with Portland. Uh, immediately chipped in in the win over the Jazz over the weekend. Uh, so he's already a fan favorite. The Nets, eh, the Nets are blowing hmm. it up. You know, it yeah. didn't. the super team didn't work, so they're doing so the right shocking. thing. Shocking. That was just three they're the, years They're of... the only team, oh only team that's that's not that's kind of not on the rise right now, right? You know, right. the Yankees and the Mets are both are both starting to sustain something, it seems like. Right. The Giants, obviously, we just said. The Jets, you know, hopefully, if the Jets can go out and get a quarterback this, this you know, this offseason, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll be in good – I think they'll be in great shape going forward if they can get a, right. they can get a decent quarterback. Uh, Rangers, Islanders, Devils. You know, Rangers and Devils are on the on course to play each other in the first round of the playoffs, and then the Islanders are fighting for that wild card. So, I mean, this right. it's a great time to be a New York a New York sports fan right now. If you're not a Nets fan, <laughs> you, right. know, if you're not a you Nets know what's fan, crazy? You know what's crazy? Okay. You know what's crazy about the Nets is they lost to the Bucks a couple of years ago, literally by like a half a shoe size <laughs> to get to the NBA Finals. I mean, it, it could be a totally different story if the Nets make it to that Finals. They probably win it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they totally just blew everything up and now they're going to be mediocre. Like they have been for their entire existence. I, I mean, I think, I think no matter what would have happened with that, it's just, it's Kyrie being a lunatic that, you know, he, <laughs> he he's, he's Kyrie. He's going to blow it up somehow. You know, he's going to blow things up. He's going to, you know, 
if COVID never, never happened and he was, you know, something else would have, something else would have come up, I think. Uh, the you earth know, is that, flat that would, and, you know, what, what he else? Just, like, he's, he can't stay in a certain place for too long because he's gonna, he's just gonna start doing things that people are just can't, not gonna handle mm-hmm. very well and that's it. So, he, he, you know, he, I heard someone say recently on, 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 uh, on the radio, it made a complete sense. He's, he might be the type of person that he doesn't actually want to play basketball. He just wants to play basketball because he wants to make the money. And he's not going to make the money without playing basketball. That's the only reason why he does it, because he's good at it and he knows he can do it. So he just, he's like, well, I might as well just do this. I mean, looking at the, the WNBA, I think this will be a pretty big story uh, as the season starts, but the, the Liberty, you know, a team is that's been around since the WNBA started in 97 uh, has not won the championship. And so now they are, now they signed Brianna Stewart, arguably the greatest player in the WNBA right now. Uh, and certainly at least one of the, the best players in the WNBA and then uh, also signing Courtney Vandersloot, who's third all time in the WNBA in assists. That's uh, that's a heck of a duo. On top of adding John Quell Jones in a trade, who's one of the former MVP and is a great front court player. I mean, this team is now now the the They're sites good. are yeah. championship. I mean, this is don't, a championship. Don't forget about Sabrina team. Nescu. Uh, yes, she's yes. number one pick in number one pick in the draft two right. years ago. I really hope that they do pull it off. I'm. I, I don't really particularly care for New York basketball teams, but this is the only one I do care about. So <laughs> thank you, Chris. We appreciate that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, and, and on top of that, you, you look at the major league soccer, which uh, is going to get underway in, in about a couple of weeks or so uh, the, the Red Bull uh, bringing in a new striker from uh, Belgium, who was quite a force in the Belgian pro league, right, Chris? Yeah, so um, Dante Van, uh, Dante Vanzier uh, signed from Union Saint Gelo in the Belgian First Division. Uh, Forty-eight goals in ninety-six appearances. I mean, fantastic strike uh, uh, goal streak for them. Helped them win the title last year in the Belgian First Division. Is it enough for the Red Bulls to to finally make it to an MLS Cup and win it? Who knows. You know, the Red Bulls kind of, uh, and the whole Red Bull organization, and when I say that, I mean uh, Red Bull New York, Red Bull Leipzig, Red Bull Salzburg, Red Bull Bragatino in Brazil, uh, they like to to build the youth programs and then try and propel those players up. So for them to go out and buy a striker like this is not typically something they would do. Uh, So hopefully he can come in, bury 25 goals, and they can go win the MLS Cup for the first time in their history, uh, but who knows? That that's wait. Uh, that's a wait to see. Uh, but I mean, as far as uh, favorite MLS teams, like you know, I think New York City FC is probably still better than the Red Bulls at this point as a whole, um, and more popular in NYC area all of a sudden just because they won a championship. Uh, you know, the the entire existence of the New York Red Bulls slash Metro Stars when they were first. Uh, came into the league in 1996 when the league was founded. Uh, they've done literally nothing. They've made it to the playoffs for pretty much every single year of their existence, but they've done nothing in that. So, uh, but there's been some really great players that have come through mm-hmm. that, and it just hasn't it just hasn't meshed in the playoffs. So hopefully, hopefully, if they make it to the playoffs this year, they actually do something with it. 
But you know what's yeah. funny is like I I you know he's only 24. Yes. And when you think of guys coming from Europe to play in the MLS, generally these guys are on the latter stages of their career at this point, right? They're usually like these guys that are in their mid thirties. They're still good, but they're not good enough to be on like the top player on those, Mm -hmm. on those English premier league teams or, you know, or Barcelona or anything like that. So it's good that they're, that more younger guys may be starting to come over here. All right. Well, I I hope you uh, enjoyed listening to our special, special pitchers and catchers episode. Didn't, didn't seem like we talked a whole lot about pitchers and catchers per se, but we will do that. I uh, get, we will definitely do it in depth uh, over the, over the coming weeks. So d- don't you worry, but we just wanted to get this one out there because today's a special day uh, where it's celebrated all across. I don't know the neighborhood uh, in some parts of the country that, that like baseball, I guess we, we celebrate it some other places, maybe not so much. <laughs> but we will darn it. So uh, th- thank you so much uh, for, for taking the time uh, to uh, listen to our spiel. Be sure to check out our website, throwingbagels.com. And if you have a question, comment, email us at throwingbagelspodcast at gmail.com. We, we do read them. We will get back to you. We promise. So don't hesitate to reach out. Take care. We'll see you later. <laughs>